Edutainment Learning is powered by Academica Virtual Education and Collegia TV. For more information, visit www.edutainmentlearning.com. My name is Rami. I am an Egyptologist and a film director. Uh, and I have lived in Egypt all my life, grew up in Egypt, born in Egypt. And uh, 10 years ago, I left Egypt and now I live in Los Angeles, California. And I'm here today to answer all your questions. So we'll just jump right into some of these questions. One of the kids wanted to know, how did you get started in Egyptology? That's, that's, a, that's a good question. I was born in Egypt and I grew up in a family that makes ancient Egyptian documentaries. So I um, worked with my father um, on uh, ancient Egyptian sites as, uh, as, as, uh, as a little kid. I was eight when I started working with my dad on all the ancient Egyptian sites, filming documentaries for National Geographic, for BBC, for Discovery Channel, for all over the world. And um, I was uh, the young little one on, on, on set all the time so uh, I would be in places where no one has ever been because we're filming them for the first time. I would be inside tombs and inside uh, shafts and tunnels that no one has ever entered before. Uh, and sometimes they're so tight and so small that they would have to send me in first because no one else can fit because I'm the youngest, littlest one. And I would go all the way in, take a little flashlight and go all the way through the tunnel and uh, discover what's in there. And sometimes I would discover new hieroglyphic inscriptions, uh, but I never um, faced uh, a mummy that came up jumping at me because they don't exist. The mummies are just, <laughs> the mummies are just, you know, mummified kings and queens. They don't uh, stand up and bite you. I thought they would when I was at eight though. So I was always scared, but then as I did it more and more, it stopped happening. So as I, as I grew up on ancient Egyptian sites and tombs, uh, I reached an age where it was time for me to choose my school and education. And I wanted to either choose doing film or choose ancient Egyptian history and archeology span and language, which is Egyptology. Uh, I decided to go into Egyptology um, because I believe that film can be more of an experience and less of a studying but I wanted to study everything about ancient Egypt. And it was a five year course to try and study everything about ancient Egypt, the history, the language, the archeology. span um, I know how to read and write hieroglyphics. And um, I, in five years, I um, was taught and learned about all the timeline of ancient Egyptian history, but that's really hard because ancient, Egypt, as we know it, had started about 39, 3800 BC, which is 4,000 years before dating started. Today, we're in the year, what, 2022? That means 6,000 years ago, 6,000 years ago, those pyramids were getting built. That's such a long timeline that from the first ancient Egyptian king to the last ancient Egyptian king is more time than from the last ancient Egyptian king to today, which means ancient Egyptians were ancient to themselves, like how we think of them today. It's so ancient. They had such a long 
civilization lasted over three thirty-five hundred years. Um, so it's not easy to learn everything about three thousand five hundred years just in five years. So I had to keep studying after I finished school and learn more. I still learn more today, new things that I've never known about ancient Egypt. And there's always mysteries that get you so excited because one day one tomb will be open and it will answer a new question about ancient Egypt. You have lived so many lifetimes in one lifetime. That is just like just the description of you as a little kid in there. I don't, you guys, he's in front of the camera, but he's a director also behind the camera. So def definitely check out a lot of his stuff. It's on IMDb or, or the Wikipedia. We have a uh, few more questions. We don't want to take too much of your time. This is Emma in Italy. She had a really good question. Emma, go ahead and unmute to ask. Okay. Hello. Uh, first thing first, I want to say that I'm a huge fan of Egyptian history. And when I was little, I wanted to study Egyptology at the university, but now I changed my mind. But my question is, what do you think about the mystery of Cleopatra's tomb? Um, the mystery of Cleopatra's tomb, just as everyone else knows, is a mystery about its location and if it ever existed or not. Cleopatra is technically the last queen of Egypt. She was um, the, her name was actually the female king. So she was the last female king of ancient Egypt. Um, she was the last one in the Ptolemaid era. The Ptolemaid kings and queens of Egypt started with Alexander the Great. I'm sure you know the name Alexander the Great, right? So the end of the descendants of Alexander the Great was Queen Cleopatra. And Cleopatra's time ended with the Romans coming into Egypt, and that was about 30 AD. So that's 3,500 years, 3,600 years after the pyramids were built, Cleopatra lived in Alexandria. So the Romans came, and the Romans were much more powerful. Cleopatra tried all the politics to be friends with the Romans, but then they killed Mark Antony, who was Cleopatra's, Mark Antony was Roman, but he was Cleopatra's ally and he was Cleopatra's love. And Cleopatra did not want to live anymore uh, because she lost Mark Antony. So the story is that she used uh, an asp or a cobra and the cobra bit her and she died. Now she died in her tomb. There are two tombs in Alexandria that no one knows where they are today. The tomb of Alexander the Great and the tomb of Queen Cleopatra. Um, since I was a kid, everyone has been looking for the Queen of Cleopatra's tomb and everyone has been looking for the tomb of Alexander the Great. There are suspects. Now, now Alexander is a massive city with a lot of buildings and there are some places that you would have to destroy 12 story buildings to get underneath the ground and try to find if the tomb is there or not and maybe it's not so the best thing to do is to wait till the technology advances technology in archaeology has been amazing there's recently a female archaeologist her name was sarah parpak she created something that changed archaeology forever 
she created something called satellite imaging technology, something that most of you can be doing at home. Satellite imaging technology is like Google Earth, and she would use pictures of Google Earth in the desert, for instance, after a rainy day, because the color of the sand changes when it's wet and when it's dry. So let's say there is this much sand, that deep sand, that dries faster than if it was this deep sand, it dries slower. And the color of the sand changes that way. So she kept looking at those pictures and she found a spot in the desert that looked like a square. That square was darkest sand on the edges and lightest color sand in the center of it. And it kept getting darker, 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 all the way to the edge of the square. And that could only be one thing. A pyramid under the sand that was still hiding. Because the tip of the pyramid is in the middle of the square. The base of the pyramid is a square. So the tip of the pyramid is in the middle of the square. And it dries fastest because there's least sand to the ground. So it gets dry faster. And as you go to the bottom of the pyramid, all the sides, it gets deeper. So there's much more sand. And the color of the sand dries slower because there's more of it. So she found a pyramid under the sand just by looking at Google Earth images. She changed archaeology forever. At some point, there will be a technology that we can see under the buildings without destroying them. Because the worst thing to do is to destroy buildings or destroy other archaeology to find something underneath of it. So we have to wait a little bit longer, Emma, before we can find the tomb of Queen Cleopatra. There you go. And Emma, if you ever want to jump back into Egyptology, maybe you could be the one to discover it. So something to think about. Um, we have, we'll do two more questions and we'll let you go. Is that all right? So we have uh, Zanib and Zanib, you had a really good question. Go ahead and unmute my friend and you can go ahead and ask Rami. You were Ralph, I think it's Ralph. I think it's Zainab. Zainab, my apologies. All right. Well, I don't think, oh yeah. Uh, Zainab wanted to know who is your favorite king or queen um, that you've been able to study. You can't ask me which one is my favorite. It's like having four kids and telling me which one do you like the most. I love all my kids the same. But there are really cool kings. Not that I like them as a person, but I like the stories behind their, um, their history. One of the kings, his name was King Akhenaten. Uh, you should look him up. He changed everything about ancient Egypt. He nearly took all of ancient Egypt down because he decided that all the gods of ancient Egypt don't matter. And there's only one God that matters. And how ancient Egypt was built is that all the people that joined Egypt, they would come together, come together, come together, create a bigger Egypt, but all of them kept their gods. And Egypt had many, many gods. So Egypt was very accepting to the, all of the religions and they made a new religion of all the gods. But this guy came in and said, no, no more gods. No gods exist. It's just that one God and that God can only talk to me. And then I talked to my people. He was very strange and he was very strange looking and he moved the capital of Egypt, fought with all the high priests of God, Eman, all the other gods, moved the capital of Egypt elsewhere and built a new capital. Um, called Amarna. Now, his wife is a famous queen, Nefertiti. You probably heard that name before. And 
um, his son is also a very famous king. His name was King Tut. You probably also heard that name before. Um, after Akhenaten died, King Tut wasn't the King Tut we knew about or you guys know about today. His name was King Tut Eaton, which is King Tut that prays to God Eaton. God Eaton is the God that Akhenaten, Akhenaten thought that was the only God. But the priests of Emen, when King Akhenaten died, went to King Tut and said, King Tut, you are a young king. He was 11, 12, but you are the only one that can bring Egypt back together. So we need you to come back to the main capital of Egypt. So much weight on a little kid that is about to be the king of Egypt that makes Egypt survive again. They brought King Tut back to Luxor and it was called Thebes at the time. And he changed his name to King Tutankhamun, right? As you know him today, Tutankhamun. And he became the King Tut you know about. He changed his wife's name. His wife was also the daughter of Akhenaten. So technically his wife was also his sister, which happened often uh, back in the time, during the royal times. It's not a good thing. It's not recommended because the gene pool gets destroyed. But his sister was Anixen, Aiton, and then you probably have watched one of the mummy movies. Remember the character that they brought up and her name was Anik Sinemun in the mummy movie? Mummy 2, I think. Uh, they, that, that was historically incorrect because Anik Sinemun is King Tut's wife. Um, and then they brought Egypt back together. That is super fascinating. I just, that is just such fascinating stuff. Uh, we have one more student question and this is from Martina. Martina, you can go ahead and unmute to ask your question. Yes, firstly, I wanted to say that I'm very happy to be there because I've always been curious and fascinated about Egypt. So I would like to take the opportunity to ask you what is the best part about studying Egypt and Egyptian cult culture? And obviously, what is the best part about being an Egyptologist? Um, the reason I loved studying ancient Egypt um, is really all the cool stories. Like, you know, there's all the hard stuff where you have to understand the language and write it and, and solve it. But all the, cool, the, all the cool stories about ancient Egypt, all the families that ruled and the, and the, and the conspiracies that happened and the, and the female kings of Egypt, you know, Egypt had an amazing queen in the middle of, of, of the new kingdom, the 18th dynasty. Her name was Queen Hatshepsut. She was the first female queen of Egypt. She ruled Egypt. And that di didn't happen again in history. Every In history, modern history, there was always male kings, always male presidents. Till just recently when they realized, oh, women can be strong too. So Egypt back at the time, 3,000 years ago, even more, had a female king. So all these stories that you learn about history, to me, is stories that can make your future and your present much better because you can learn from history. You don't want to repeat the same historical mistakes, which happens all the time. So you learn about all these stories and it's so much fun. And then you uh, it goes through the, the, the future and you apply it in the future. But the, my favorite part about being an Egyptologist is of course, thinking every day of my life that there's the lost queen of lost tomb of Queen Cleopatra's tomb, that there is the lost tomb of 
of Imhatab, all these questions and mysteries that still no one solved today. I think to myself every day, I will be the one that solves these. I will be the one that finds this tomb under the sand. And it, it keeps going. Everyone becoming an Egyptologist will be able to solve a mystery of their own. You know, in Egypt today, only 10%, 12% of ancient Egypt has been uncovered. All you know, all you know about ancient Egypt is only 12%. That means 88% of Egypt is still hiding under the sands. It's still all secrets. There's enough for every Egyptologist, for you to be Egyptologists if you want to. There's enough mysteries for you to solve uh, one day. That is so inspiring. I feel like just quitting my job and just moving to Egypt and get get digging. <laughs> Ralph will be the next Egyptologist. <laughs> Find something. So before we let you go, as someone who's as accomplished as you are, you've done so much behind this behind the uh, camera as well as in front of the camera. You've been given so many awards for all of you, and I, there's so much more in your career, and we can't wait to follow it. Um, so, what kind of advice would you give to these kids as they go off into the world where they want to go into film and television or want to go into Egyptology? What kind of advice can you impart on that? Um, if you want to go to Egyptology, you got all the advice you need. Go solve a mystery and you'll do great. You want to go into the film industry? It's so much fun. I love my job so much and it makes it so much easier to do. I go around the world with my family and my kids and we make TV. I make TV shows and it's so much fun. My wife also does the same thing. And, and, and it's great to have uh, my wife and I and our kids probably going to end up doing the same thing because it's so much fun. The thing is, if you love your job, it is not a job. I don't ever a single day think about when will I retire because I don't think I will ever retire. I love doing what I do. What else will I do? I will do it every day of my life till the day I die. And that's the trick. So you have to love your job. And it's, it's hard, but if you love your job, you're going to be so much better at it. You're going to enjoy your time so much more. And if you feel like you're stuck in your job, if you feel like you don't love your job, you're better off stopping and going around and going back and looking for a job that you will love because it changes everything. That is phenomenal advice. And before we let you go, uh, before I end the meeting for all, I'm going to go ahead and ask everyone to go ahead and unmute. Can we all say thank you for uh, Rami spending so much time with us today? Thank you so much, sir. We appreciate thank you. you so much. Thank 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 you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.